Good evening. Good evening, John. How are you? I am well. Good afternoon, Mr. or Dr. Mark Trangizi from Miami now. Oh, hey there. Good to be here. Yeah, I am. I think I was on the show since I moved to Miami, but this might be the second time since Miami. Is it? My goodness. Oh, I think it I think is. So. Yeah. 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 No, that's Don't fantastic. mind John here. He's, he's he's getting a senior age, and his memory's kind of going a bit. <laughs> hey, I'm no Joe we, Biden. He's no Joe Biden, <laughs> but he's getting there. So we um we we listened to one of your uh, or a a bit of one of your science moments there, Mark, um, in the pre-roll or the of the the troll room as we call them did, and. Um, it was quite interesting in that um, you're saying don't look for the moustache-twiddling evildoers because you're never going to find them. And and we we kind of we kind of bang on about this as well and that no one's ever going to be held to account for this um, and no one's ever going to be pulled up for it. You aren't going to see people um, put in jail. This, there isn't going to be a Nuremberg two and all that, you know. That yeah, especially this whole Nuremberg two thing. I keep trying yeah. to, you know, you know, bring people back down to earth a little bit, you know, a little bit at a time. But the fact of the matter is, from the way we know the world works, there will be no Nuremberg two. Nobody will be held to account for the civil liberty destroying things that well, well, no one relevant anyway will be held to account for the civil liberty destroying things that have happened to all of us over the past three and a bit years. Um, but I, th I think Mark, I think Mark actually goes at it from a slightly different tangent here, in that you seem to you seem to argue the point that these people were actually operating from a position of they thought they were doing good. Right. I mean, look in in socio-political movements, um, we're, most of us are driven to understand good and evil by virtue of everyday life with criminals. Someone's been, yep. you know, uh, uh, bilking money from the company. They know they're doing wrong. Um, some, you know, the stuff that the FBI chases, rapists, uh, uh, murderers, things like this. Most of these people, Jeffrey Dahmer, knew he was doing wrong. He knew it. Mm -hmm. He even apparently is assessed. I, I, he, but he had a compulsion. He couldn't stop. Um, that's not how sociopolitical evil occurs. Um, sociopolitical evil is, and of course, there are, are criminal things that happen, like in the midst of all of the socio-political drama and all of these mass movements and collective hysteria, you also have just cover-ups for every day, kind of, you know, probably Fauci may have covered up. I don't know the full story. Let's suppose he did. That's a regular old FBI kind of cover-up story, right? So in the midst of all the stuff that happened, there, I'm not saying that there aren't regular old evil cover-ups where they knew what they were doing, but that's not what's driving this. At the socio-political level, every movement, um, evolves, culturally evolves over time, narratives that justify the shit that they do. They're sophisticated justifications. Justifies the means. Right. And it's not just, I mean, of course, individually we do that sometimes in regular life. You start to create justifications for why it's okay for you to bilk money from the big company and you're little and they're big and how why do they, you know, you come up with it. But if you think that's a good justification and, and, and brains buy into it, it is a thousand times more effective when it's an entire millions of people in a socio-political movement who all, you're part of that movement. All the high reputation people in that movement are slowly re reiterating these ethical justifications for it. Your belief in it is profound. You really believe that this is the good. And it is only by those kinds of righteous beliefs that you're doing good, that you're willing and able to crush the skulls of the outgroup. If you're just bilking money from the company and suddenly it turns out like that Susie 
was getting fucked over really bad, like just the secretary, you're going to feel bad. You're like, shit, you know, I didn't mean to do that. But if you're motivated by a a righteous cult, a religious like thing, you say, fuck Susie. She's, she's part of the bad guy that's doing this. We have to protect ourselves from Susie. So those are the kinds of people who will destroy others and be happy and glad about it. And so a lot of people say, Mark, why are you defending them? I'm not defending them. I'm explaining who in fact they are and they are culpable because let me see. The people that want to find only the mustache twiddling people who who are um, the who knew they were doing who are the puppeteers behind the well, scenes. I'm even setting aside the whole master planner part of it yeah. because a lot of these people only want to to punish the people that knew that, that were not well intended. Well, you're missing. You're not only going to not find anybody. You're going to miss all of the actual culprits all of those who are culpable nearly every single last one thought they were doing good those are the people who did evil those were the people who are evil i don't know whether you want to call them evil or call their acts evil i don't really care that was the evil that was done there were many many individuals that did evil more so the longer they did it the more they had responsibility the bigger their voice all of those things make them having done um in a disproportionate evil and they were well-intentioned, and that doesn't matter because they're always well-intentioned. It's a tautology, right? It just is no defense at all. It's just like stating a mathematical fact. Hey, but I was well-intentioned. Yeah, that's like saying, well, two plus two equals four. Doesn't matter. Everybody's well-intentioned in this kind of game that we're playing. So do these people? Not- well, do these people actually get to the point where they are telling themselves so often to believe in it that they actually believe in it? Regardless, and it's not just them. Right, and it's not just them telling themselves, right? It's it's well for COVID, it was it was most of the world, you know, the three of us, yeah, and maybe one to thirty percent of the population, depending on how you count, were in the outcome. Every damned last person was all bouting and banding and about why zero COVID was the only thing that was appropriate to do. You were a denier. You were an anti-vaxxer. You were an anti-lockdowner. You were a minimizer. All of these things. You're a grandma killer if you weren't doing this. You were evil outgroup folks. Yeah. They really believed it. And that is no way to say, oh, well, then they're good people. No. No. At- the sociopolitical level, goodness and evilness of people and, and their actions has nothing to do with well-intentioned because they all are well-intentioned by almost mathematical fact. No, I completely see that position. And um, is this why, um, and this is just a sort of anecdotal thing, I guess, a cursory glance that I have made over the past three years or so, we such see such a large crossover between those who were so viciously pro-narrative and the far left. Because the far left really believe the things that they do, the things that they espouse, the need to cancel people, the need to attack people, the need to go out and physically attack people for words, are good, are right, are righteous. And it's it seemed to be these same groups of people who were so almost religious and dogmatic in their beliefs that also hooked onto the religious and dogmatic aspect, I would say, of the last three years and the narratives. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll slightly push back a little bit. You know, in the first month or two, uh, there may have been a, a leftist leaning to it, but man, it was highly uniform across all political ideologies. Uh, everybody that I had known on the right, the Quillette, the intellectual dark web people, libertarians, okay. uh, Reason Magazine even, was coming out with... Um, 
yeah, uh, you know, defenses of mask mandates and things like this. So that it was really not um, not a far left thing in the beginning. And and even, you know, folks like Robert Kennedy, a traditional far left person now, you know, on Team Reality side, Naomi Wolf. So this was certainly not a standard left right thing. And it took a couple months before it slowly became fitting the, the typical, you know, polarities that we find. Um, but but yeah, it did eventually become that way. And, you know, I, I wrote a, a thread um, a thread on Twitter, sort of having a kind of sub stack, having two people discussing you know, this, these kinds of conversations. And they go, well, if it's not if they're not bad because they had bad intent, are you saying there's no such thing as good or evil or what makes people, in fact, evil? And I just did a short list of 12 things that make people in movements evil and they include things like number one violating civil liberties two not independently thinking being unaware of your own psychological biases fair failure to do cost-benefit analyses treating certain freedoms as taboo hubris to control others for your good thinking in terms of in-group and out-group failure to take seriously the precautionary principle one thing coming to dominate your entire decision-making, like zero COVID. Intolerance to opposing viewpoints and cancellation and censorship. Maintaining one's position without, with disregard to the counter-evidence. And also, finally, believing your political opposition is filled with sinister, not well-intentioned people. Now, I would, you know, I would... I think all human groups have tendencies to fall and, and violate a lot of these a lot of the time. But... It, you know, as a libertarian who tries to stay away from being left, right, and getting into those whole debates, there's no question when you look through this list that the left has, has over the last 20 or 30 years, been hitting or violating more of these things than does the right, in my opinion, more often, and are more prone, I think, to engaging in evil uh, because they you don't care as much about civil liberties. They're much happier with centralized control of the government to make these decisions for us and so on. Is it your contention then that the, the people involved in this, the, the leadership of the world, effectively fell into lockstep, not through some kind of plan you know, to depopulate the world or whatever, but effectively they fell into lockstep because they all assumed the same level of fear and, and fed off each other. And effectively, just reinforced their position to the extent that they they all could not see anything but zero COVID, and then worked to that end um, almost exclusively. That's exactly right. That's, and it's not just at the level of leadership. This is collective hysteria. This was my tweet on March seventeenth of twenty twenty. The moral of coronavirus nineteen will be that the dangers of social contagion far outweigh the dangers of, of biological contagion. It's exactly these kinds of social contagions, collective hysterias, that are the things that sweep in new righteous cult-like religions that motivate whole populations bottom up. To, to create top-down authoritarianism. They want the authoritarianism. They yeah. beg Boris Johnson, give us authoritarianism, for God's sake. And it, Boris had no choice but to do it in some sense. Now, you could say he backed down, but this is the way that pressures work. It's not just top-down. It was definitely not marching orders by some centralized central planners. That's not how this works. This is due to when there's dangerous authoritarianism, it's not because of the tin pot dictators where in a banana republic where a new dictator kills the old dictator and the whole population just does its thing they just sort of just sort of 
shrug and move on because they don't there's no righteous new religion or anything associated with they just so they don't they can't push their authoritarianism on the people and they're they're weak and not very powerful just like all um, bureaucracies are when the only way that a bureaucracy like a government can have the power to go from authoritarianism to totalitarianism is because their authoritarianism gets decentralized and distributed across the population because the population is in on it. And it's not that yeah. the population is in on it just because, hey, the puppeteers, let's decide that we're going to make the population. No, this is not easy. It, they can try a lot of the times. Mostly it's not going to work. But occasionally there are certain buttons that they might press or the people are excited about something and then they press the government to do it and, they, and it creates this big feedback loop. And now you can get totalitarianism. Snitches on the street yelling at you to wear a mask to get back in your home, to, to, to stop having parties at your house, to get a vaccine yeah. or you can't play with us. That's what happened worldwide. It only happened and because of these kinds of psychosocial forces. Yeah. I think here in this country, the, the best way we can evidence that point that you're making is that for most of these mandates and laws, certainly in this country, not so much, I guess, in your country, but there were legal loopholes and exemptions that could get you out of all of it just by saying words without evidence, baked into all of the mandates, baked into the laws, and people chose not to to enact those things. Every right. single one of these yeah. people could have walked around without a mask on by simply right. uttering the two words, I'm exempt. And by right. law, they could not ask you for any evidence of that. So right. uh, need, not even the police could. Nobody right. could. And, right. and, and still the population did not, and they knew this was a loophole. It was baked clearly into the legislation, and they did not enact it on the most. But people, when they could have. But people who chose to, to who chose to exert their civil rights not to do these things were castigated by their fellows, weren't they? Yeah, right. but by they were, their fellows, not not by their not by their superiors. No, that's what I'm saying. They were castigated by their fellows. Yeah, this was a bottom up uh, uh, enforcement of this, and it was and and. From bottom up, they went the other way that you could tell these things, and it's basically the same as what you just mentioned, Ben, but it's uh, yours is, I think, more subtle, and I haven't really thought about the, the way that you said it. But a more obvious case is that there were whole blue cities and, and, and red cities as well. There was no mask mandate outdoors, but when I went to some of these places, every person, even people on yeah. canoes, had masks, joggers had masks. Every every single person had a mask, and it was not. They went beyond the mandates. They went beyond the mandates in every respect. Right? Yeah. No, there was no outdoor mandate oh. here in the United Kingdom, and yet yeah. you would see them outdoors wearing them all the time. You see people driving alone in yeah. their cars in them. Well, it was it was bizarre. Right. What, what gets me though is what's going on in Canada right now with this this strange upsurge in. And and it's the same text in every tweet. It's I I, I don't accept that this um, I, I don't accept that this um, what's it called this this transmission has to this respiratory transmission has to continue unbroken, and then wear a mask. And it's like, where has this madness come from in Canada? It's bizarre. Yeah. It's right. like a bot but farm, but they appear to be right. real people. There's no way that anybody who lived through should there should be no way that anybody who lived through this and watching these people and these people mean it. They're you know they're broadcasting righteous their righteous membership in this cup. So what people are doing is just for those who haven't seen it, 
you might post a picture of yourself with a mask and write this little state statement about how important it is to keep wearing masks. I'm not paraphrasing. Yeah. And that person will quote tweet you and then put their picture and say the yeah. same thing. And then some quote tweets them. And the idea is that it continues and it's this sort of infinite chain. Um, mm. and, and, but yet there are folks who look at all of these things and still do not see the sense in which this is, was a bottom-up, uh, something that pervaded the minds of everybody. Oh, all that they see is... Definitely bottom-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The all that they saw... All they see is Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates. Yeah. And if they were to get their way, I think Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates are amongst you know the higher level tiers, tiers of culpability. Uh, and that's true even if they didn't, even though they didn't in fact plan, this is not a pandemic, but they're still high on the list of people who are, are, are culpable. Yeah. But much more culpable are actual elected leaders, frankly. Yeah. Right? And, and they're not going to give people a pass because they were all victims of these puppeteers yeah. who did this. But that's a great point, though, because in our country, the opposition party, you you know you're in trouble when the opposition party not only agree with the government on everything, and and I mean absolutely everything, they agreed with every restriction the government put in place, and in some cases asked them to do it harder. Right. And they're they're big farmer supporters suddenly, for example. Yeah. 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 So that. No, it, 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 Sorry. It is a. It it has been. Um, I think we've all aged terribly. To be fair, over, over the, the course of the last three years, almost feels like we've been banging our heads against brick walls. Yeah, I know. We, do, we, and we try and say these things. And the thing is, you get castigated from both sides because people don't want to disbelieve that everything they did was to no avail. You know, when the evidence comes out, and you know, masks don't appear to make it much of a difference when it comes to reducing respiratory viruses. When the evidence comes out, um, the the lockdowns don't appear to have made much of a difference when you compare countries that did. John, John, are you you telling me that following the one-way arrow in the supermarket made no difference, John? But but when you see the evidence between countries that did it and countries that didn't, like Sweden, etc., and then, and 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 I think I think these people find it very very difficult to come to terms with the fact they've been basically hoodwinked for the last two years. Of course they do. I, well, I, I I wish you were right in in the sense that in my experience, um, most of the people that were pro lockdown, pro in, intervention, either are just no longer thinking about it anymore and don't see any of this conversation. Yeah. They're, just, they're just past and they just literally or they really still do think the interventions all worked and they are literally surprised if you tell them that they didn't work they it's like they've never heard it before and they are in no position because at this point no i saw all the experts on tv for three years and they were saying so you're of course wrong because they're just hearing this from left field and you know this is I'm a, they know I'm the only scientist they even know. They, in some sense, they have, I'm not so, some crazy person walking by. There's someone that they like and I, they know I'm a scientist, but there's zero, yeah. zero respect for that opinion. They, I don't think that anybody still is really struggling with this, except for a few people, like there's Kevin Bass, which just, you know, I don't know there's, there's some high profile people that switched, understood that they screwed up, apologized for it. They're still not 100% there, in my opinion, of truly yeah. getting what happened, but but uh, but there's just a very small number of people. I'm not sure that the, the numbers are, are large. And I, I think that uh, history will tell the story, uh, but we will go to the graves being looked at as kooks for believing that yeah. these are rational. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. But, but you know what? I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to go to the grave like that because I know that I was right. I know that we were right. We we didn't. We try. We tried our best not to go down rabbit holes. And the only reason we were saying the things that we were saying was to was to help people. And people don't understand that. I didn't need to go out and do what I did for the last three years. I didn't need to show up at places and show people they were empty. I didn't need to do any of that. I didn't do it for me. I did it to show them that they were being, you know, effectively lied to. Yeah. And and I I will nail my colours to the mask if they want to call me a kook when I go to my grave. I'm I'm there. I'm there because yeah. I know I did the right thing. Do you like the way he casually shows us how good his new apartment is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go get myself a beer. It's Thursday night. I can justify a, a beer here. <laughs> Nicely done. Why not? Nicely done. Well, I mean, this, this house is like one fifth the size of my previous house. That's it. You saw it all. That was, that's it. You know? <laughs> yeah, but you are in Miami. I've got Dr. Pepper Vanilla Float imported from over where you are. So <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Probably terrible for me. Could not give two shits. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> One thing I was going to mention, look, in a bit, some of this is, there's, there's the philosophical point of, of the well-intentionedness you know, I have this. You know, I started this free free expression institute, freex.group yeah. website, and I did this in 2021 to try to understand mathematically, scientifically, understand these psychosocial forces, these collective hysterias, free expression, all these kinds of mass movement kinds of things that happen. The kinds of people that need to study those are the kind of people that understand psychology and emergent phenomena and evolutionary stuff, and are also physics math types. That's me. Yeah. And we need yeah. to understand it. So there's just the there's just the getting it right, trying to attribute and understand culpability. And there's also the problem is that if you get it wrong, which I already mentioned, you're not going to actually find the people that you think that you should blame. You're just going to be looking for puppeteers that master planned this, and you're going to miss all the actual all the actual uh, culpable people. But a third reason for getting this right and not making this mistake that the uh, evil people have to be evil intentioned is that the people that we're arguing with, the people that are the lockdowners, regular people who pushed it, they know that they had good intentions. They, were, they know yeah. that they were, had good intentions. They really did have good intentions. If you're going to convince them, you can't start off the story saying you lied on purpose to hurt people. You lied on purpose because your plan, you heard about it, that you wanted to kill a certain number of vaccinated people, that you wanted to tr track us with, and all of this on, like, that you've been part of this scandal to enslave us. This is like, now, like, what are you talking? This is a non-starter, right? You're not going to convert Anybody that's even remotely on the fence, which is the only people get for years. Yeah. Say again. I've said exactly this for years. If you yeah. come at people with with from a, from a position of anger, throwing blunt force allegations like that at them, there is no conversation to be had. They're gone. They're out. They're gone. Yeah. Yeah. And Ben, I think you need to turn up your mic still farther. If this is what I'll push that away from this is what you are hearing, you're still like half back, of the I'm level. Of... Bring your mic closer okay. to your mouth. Better, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. There you go. That's there you, there go. you go, sir. Oh, there that's... you go. Welcome to but the then room. they can see less of my beautiful face. Yeah, that's always a bonus. Don't worry about it. That's right. <laughs> win, win, win. <laughs> Still the sex appeal here, John. Yeah, okay. So the thing that gets me, though, Mark, is the fact that from either, I mean, as you said, there are two, there were effectively two sides. There were the pro and the against. But the people that were against were making 
they were making this construct of this cabal that's running the world and everything is is towards certain aims and i think i think while um certain governments may have looked at things and thought well we were able to get that legislation through quite easily because people were frightened maybe we could slip you know central bank digital currency and under the the table as well i I don't think these things are necessarily connected i think everybody is working towards whatever they're trying to work towards and and people like Klaus schwabs i don't think he's running the the show i think he is he's effectively trying to make money for himself yeah but but I, i think as mark says i think in his own head he's well intentioned He's trying yeah, to make I mean, the world a better place. It, and he's exploiting this opportunity, of course, yeah. 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 He's exploiting it. Amazon exploited the opportunity. Oh, yeah. to, to, I mean, right? But they didn't help plan this, right? Yeah. There's so many. And a lot. here's another thing people will say. Hey, Mark, if there's no master planner, how do you explain all of these people conspiring with those people, conspiring with all these forces everywhere? People were a case of, of collective phenomena. For example, when you see starlings, Right, and they're all like those yeah. birds. They're all like doing these amazing kind of things. Yeah. Or you see uh, the the a bunch of lightning bugs all uh, interacting. They suddenly are all acting as one. All of these kinds of collective phenomena, where there's synchronization or or coordination at the the group level, happens because of thousands or millions or trillions of pairwise interactions between them. The starlings are feeling the pressure of one another. They're all coordinating through lots and lots of pairwise connections they're all doing and pushing and you can't go look and say look that guy was pushing that one and this big rock was pushing that rock well yeah there's lots of rocks and an avalanche are pushing other rocks that doesn't mean that that big rock is the one responsible for planning the avalanche okay well who's the first one many people say who's the first stone that moved on the avalanche well that too doesn't make that's that's irrelevant the first stone might have been a little pebble that hit just another little pebble slightly right that doesn't really matter because any pebble would have been the potentially once the ground was ready to move, mm-hmm. almost any pebble would have been enough to do it. These are the wrong ways to think about culpability at the level, at these sorts of scales. It's just the wrong way to think. And there's another thing that pisses me off. People would never, if I was in quantum mechanics and I'm a physicist too, I'm, I'm not very good at quantum mechanics. Stuff, and if we were arguing atomic scale stuff, People wouldn't walk in and, and then start claiming they have strong intuitions about what is true and not true yeah. for atomic level stuff. Yeah. I'm telling you, emergent level phenomena and and at the, whether it's economies, economies, none of us have great intuitions for how economies work. It's extremely complicated. You can't talk about normal no. causal linear causal effect, cause and effect. It's holistic, which is why economics is its own field, and it's inherently a collectivist not collectivist in the sense of, of communism, but you have to understand at the collective level. Same thing for understanding sociopolitical movements. It's inherently an emergent level thing. And the intuitions there are totally different than everyday life, just as quantum mechanics are. And so, but everybody, and, and in fact, and, and we even understand better how normal people, all of us, under normal circumstances get it wrong because we're used to normal causal linear explanations and normal life and normal culpability and normal bad intent that happens in our life. And so we suffer all of these things. No matter how many times I, I say this, I say you don't need, in fact, sociopolitical level evil is not due to e- evil intentioned people. And they, and they say, okay, Mark, okay, I get your point. So I see that there's, you know, most, I'll give you 95% of the world wasn't, uh, wasn't evil intended, but there still were evil people. There was probably some at the top that were evil. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're missing the point. You, you seem to want to, you can't 
for them, unless there's an ingredient of evil intended somewhere in the mix, then they can't get the evil to spread because evil has to end at an evil intentioned person, an actual mustache twiddler. Like, oh, <laughs> right. That's what they want. They need to. Think I say, no, it's never right. And that's until you. So, they, OK, but still, there was there was one which somewhere. Right. That's otherwise you couldn't infect this entire population. It's this notion of cooties. There's an essence. The essence of evilness is only found in someone who has evil intent. They're purposely understand the good but want to violate it, right? And that's never the case at the socio at sociopolitical scales. They have their own twisted, fucked up notion of the good, and they really are well-intended in that fucked up light, right? Yeah. yeah. They're evil because their good is wrong. Their good is, in fact, so, evil. So Spencer that's in the true. chat room asks us, how can you explain, right, uh, where is it? How do you explain the narrative where leaders in different countries all use the same phrases very often? Um, for instance, like build back better. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to ask, so, so, I'm turning on the air conditioning, it's getting warm in here. Uh, here, another intuition people have is they say, "Hey, how do you explain all of this synchronization, this seeming coordination?" Right. Yep. Seeming coordination would seem to require, like, that there were there was a master planner, but the classic paradigm case of how you get coordination with large numbers of decentralized distributed creatures is through emergent phenomena. These, all of these kinds of large-scale events where you synchronize or have highly coordinated behavior happens because it's decentralized. No central planner could take an economy, for example, and make it such that when you show up at the store, you're going to end up with the Twinkies there that you expect every time. They're going to be on that shelf. It's synchronized to be to know that, okay, we need more or less, and do that in 10,000 places. And when the price rises here, it rises everywhere else, where else in synchrony. There is no master planner that does that, much less for the other million products that are out there. It happens because of these massive decentralized distributed processes that you can only understand at the immersion level. Synchrony and seeming coordination is only explainable by virtue of these kinds of emergent phenomena, copycat behaviors, just it's just spreading through like a meme across brains, not because they're puppeteers, which could never, ever coordinate anything. If you've ever known of any bureaucracy at all, or being a, and if you've ever worked in the military or the government, they can't make yeah. crap happen in a coordinated fashion at all. Yeah, they couldn't, or as they used to say, you couldn't organize a... Piss up, in a a, piss up in a brewery. Brewery, yeah. Right. And the funny thing is that a lot of these people, arguing this, are very anti-communist, like I am, right? Mm -hmm. They spend their life arguing for free markets. They supposedly understand the value of decentralization. They understand the wisdom in the you know the hand you know the invisible hand of, of, of Adam Smith. These are the brilliance of free markets and why communism and socialism is so stupid in terms of you can't create the kind of wealth that we have that's grown over time through those processes. But then suddenly when there's socio-political events, which is the same kind of thing, it's just, it's just instead of prices spreading and in good spreading, it's free expression and conversation and memes that are spreading. So it, it, there's a very parallel side of these different things that I've talked about. Then suddenly they think that uh, uh, master planners are able to coordinate all these things. Well, if master planners are so good, well, let those same master planners control economies because they're as bright as they are, yeah. in this case, to do evil. But let's get the same kind of bright people to just control the economy and make much better economies than the free market has. Right? So they, um, suddenly they believe in central planners. I'd like to go down a slightly different route, okay? And, and I've been I've been arguing this the case for this 
Um, you remember the train crash in Ohio? And uh, yep. the I had just moved out of Ohio. Yeah, which suggests that I was involved in the incident. <laughs> exactly, it's you. You were behind it. So what was it? Palestine, Ohio, right? Uh, and had the back yeah. train crash, and people are going, "This is really bad." And then the press. And and my contention is the press were doing what the press always do is they pick up similar things that happen in other places and they start to look as if there's a pattern of events occurring, right? Now, when I looked into it, one, there's like 12,000 major real incidents every year in the United States of America, right? Yeah. So that's a 1,000 incidents uh, every month, roughly, so that could that could be how many derailments? How many derailments could there be every month? There could be fifty. There could be, you know, there could be three some months. There could be fifty the others. So, what gets me is all these train crashes then get reported, and everybody's going, "It's a it, we're under attack. The the infrastructure's being attacked, and it's not. In my view, one, it's a coincidence. Two, your infrastructure is actually shite." <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, you've seen the tra the train tracks and things are all over the place. You've you've got and a lot of your your terrain is dealing with big extremes in temperature variation, which you know is is really bad for train tracks. So my view is that it's all coincidence and there's nothing really behind it. And it's the same with the files and grain stores and things like that. I think if you dig into that, you'll find that there are fires in these places on an ever-increasing basis. But I don't think there's a coordination behind it. What do you think? Um, is that sound yeah, like a reasonable? Yeah, I agree. I mean, people people uh, always believe there's uh, larger patterns than, than are there. This is another kind of bias. I was going to show you. If I hit share, will it pop up something on my screen it to my... should do, yeah. It should send it across. do that... Uh, let's see if you've got every hold on let me just check uh, can everybody share yeah now I'm going to hit share so, can, can you, you see that yep 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 we can Something's coming yeah, so, yep. now the right. point of this one is, is let me just expand it really what I want to make there's, there's a meme you know saying that the, the media is the virus but really and, and of course they are media is of course one of the big uh, culprits in all these cases but in some sense they're they're baseline they're always uh, uh, amplifying uh, the uh, story to make it seem more panicky and so forth and we just expect that but uh, here's an example of, of of the number of times that time magazine alone was being panicky about a virus right you can see this yes. is this is <sighs> This is a talk in terms of, of master planners and people then said, okay, maybe they couldn't master plan this kind of this level of coordination, seeming coordination, but they could decide to do a collective hysteria. After, they'll just say, okay, in 2020, we're going to have, we're going to just going to induce some mass hysteria. We'll just do it then. As part of our 34 step plan, step 17 is that in 2020, we'll induce mass hysteria. You know, that's not how mass hysteria works. Mass hysteria is a kind of virality. And if you've ever tweeted, most of your tweets don't go viral. They go, they flop, right? No. Or maybe but... in the first 10 minutes, you suddenly get 20 retweets. You're like, oh, that's great. And then suddenly it just dies, right? Yeah. There's but here in the United Kingdom, I will say this, yeah. here in the United Kingdom, we actually had a department in our government called the Psychological or Behavioral Insights Team, also known right. as the Nudge Unit. And their literal job was to create mass hysteria. Do you want to 
Stop sharing, Mark, and we'll go back to full screen. Well, yeah, but they're, they're, they are a consequence of the collective hysteria. The collective hysteria had already started two or three or four weeks before they were even put together. Yeah. And the reason I want to tell you this is just this is an example. Each time you do a tweet, this is like time doing tweets. I'm just sort of using an analogy. In 2003, 2004, it duds, it duds, it duds, right? But in 2020, um, this kind of meme going through society suddenly spread. And, and it yeah. went suddenly viral, right? And the virality happens not just because of Time Magazine that did that. It's because other people retweet. And, and this is the kind of thing that can't be planned. It has a decentralized uh, chance coin flip to it. It's very rare. But it, it's, but you can't reliably engineer a collective hysteria. Now, of course, once, once the hysteria got going, March 11th or so of 2020, then loads of folks are responsible for pushing it further. These are the landslide is happening, right? Yeah. And some rocks might have been good rocks boulders they said i'm not going to move i'm going to be like uh-huh. i'm going to be really uh, responsible and not well, further like like boris johnson he said look we're not going to panic we're right. going to we're going to step back and see th- see how things progress before we make any rash decisions two days later right. he changed his mind all right so there you've got a big rock tried to hold on but literally millions of little rocks yeah. were bashing it and he was so pressured he eventually budged right so then he hit other rocks, and then he he hit rocks that were this you know nudge unit, which of course. So all of these people are culpable. Every and then the bigger yeah. the rock and the further they slid before holding, are, they're all culpable. But none of those you can't say they're the ones who started all because in fact even if the nudge unit hadn't existed, and this doesn't defend them because they're so culpable. But you can't say that it's because of the nudge unit because yeah. had the nudge unit not, it would be like going to a, a mountainside and taking off one of the big boulders and asking whether still the, the rocks below it would have probably shifted. They may well have because other stuff would have been hitting those and causing the thing to continue going. They are still culpable for encouraging and pushing this kind of hysteria, but that's not the cause. There isn't a linear cause, a normal everyday sense of cause and effect. It's not like that. These are in loops, even more loopy than um, than an avalanche, which is still kind of, you know, bottom rocks no, don't go back up and hit the top rocks again, right? It's, it's still one dimension. It's still you know, unidirectional in that sense. It is so much more complicated than that. Uh, I feel like we missed the, what was the larger uh, uh, arc of that conversation? I'm forgetting. Well, I, I don't know. I think we probably got there. Um, the, the troll yeah. room are now calling us consp- coincidence theorists, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're, 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 they're not happy um, because we're not considering things like Operation Mockingbird, running the media, centralized talking points, and all that. Well, yeah, no, you've got all, to understand. You've got to understand. Yeah, but you, you've got to understand that we're not saying these people that do wrong, and we're not saying these things don't happen because I'm I'm pretty convinced that there are that there is operations underway. I mean, look at the Gulf of Tonkin. You know, that was a, a false flag. That was hidden for years, and it actually happened. You know, the, the incident never occurred, but they, they generated it and used it to kick off the Vietnam War. Now, governments will do things like this, yes, and they will do it all the thing, but I don't think the whole world worked in... in, in right. So, so a lot of people want to say, oh, but you're, you're saying then that Event 201 isn't culpable. No, Event 201 folks are exactly among the higher level culpability. Absolutely. These, these Absolutely. Folks, 
have created traps ready to spring out if there is ever a pandemic or fear of a pandemic to implement all of these authoritarian rules, including censorship of mis misinformation. They were doing it. If you watch these blowhards, they are doing it because they're well-intentioned. Watch them. They believe they're well-intentioned. They believe this is the way to handle a pandemic. And they have these things, and that's not the only one. There's tons of these things. That the, the, these, the Bill Gates, all the people have all of these funded things ready to help that are all basically leading to authoritarian measures that is also what is the Trusted News Initiative is probably somehow connected to this. All of these, these uh, CNN and social media is all working together to help, right? They're all well-intentioned to help. But all of those conspirings, these are all want, some of the bigger ones of thousands and millions of conspirings to help are exactly the culpable people that hurt us, right? Mm -hmm. the, none of those are master planners who said, let's make the let's make it happen in 2020 so that we can like kill a whole lot of people that's missing the point that they're the the people that are most dangerous are the people that want to help you those are the people well, oh, it's scary birds you can hear i'm from the government and i'm here yeah. to help but that that's exactly right because what's happening in ukraine right now is the people that are helping the ukrainians are causing more and more deaths because they've right. given them the opportunity to continue the onslaught and the Russians are continuing to wipe them out. And and, and I am firmly of the belief, and, and I think the troll room will agree here, while we don't really pick any sides, I think Putin thinks he's doing the right thing by doing what most he's doing. You know, oh, most definitely. He's, these, are, he's, these are paradigm examples. Wars are always fought by sides that have created narratives that believe yeah. the shit they say. Yeah. Right, and you cannot oh, no. doubt that. If you misunderstand that, you're missing what's going. You're misunderstanding. They're evil. Or, or one side or both sides might be evil, but never doubt that they've come to believe what they say. And the leaders believe it more than anybody else. They have drank more of the Kool Aid than anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Greg makes a point here in the chat, um, and and it's an absolutely brilliant point and and correct. No one is helping the Ukrainians. The military industrial complex are just helping themselves, and I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that because obviously war is good for business and war has always been good for business, especially when it comes to the United States. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't see that in the chat. Oh, I've got it says, uh, you've got top chat on that. Yeah, why. that's why. That's silly. Yeah, for, for example, Bush and Blair never for one second believed the weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, of course, of course they, didn't. they didn't. Of course they didn't. But they, they took the opportunity to do what they thought was right by wiping out Saddam, which turned out to be and probably the one, freedom. Yeah, well, which turned out to be probably one of the worst things they could have done at that point in time. And, and the same thing's going to happen in Ukraine. So, you know, the, the road to hell is paved with the best intentions. It always is. Um, well, this is one of these. I, I also, I know, you know, the phrases like that and the banality of evil. There's a lot of phrases, and 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 what's the one that everybody's always retweeting? See, so, uh, you know, the uh, the people that are with the best intentions. There's a there's another uh, famous C.S. Lewis quote that people are constantly uh, forgetting it right now. They hear these, but in some sense, they really don't take it to heart. And still, when they see sociopolitical level evil. They ignore everybody that's actually there and just want to find the person that they think master planned this for the sake of evil, even by their own lights. Right. That's all. And so they, they forget all of the banality of evil. 
and paved with good intentions and and and, and just it wisps away from there so all this wisdom from these previous democides and genocides just gets completely lost with the new generations so you know my struggle is to fight the lockdowners but i'm also spending a lot of my time just trying to just get people to understand what exactly is the evil that we're dealing with that we finally saw for the first time. We saw these totalitarian forces, most of us, for the first time in our lives. Not in Nazi Germany, not in the Cultural Revolution of China, not where my family comes from in Iran, where there's these, we can say these are fucked up foreign cultures and, you know, whatever. We can make excuses because we're not like them because of blah, blah, blah. Germans are, you know, rigid and stiff and, you know, whatever. No, it happens to anybody. It's the same stuff, different icing. We saw it. But a lot of people still don't understand the moral of it. And they still want to attribute it not to something bad about the nature of humans and what we do in groups. And ultimately, that's, the, that's the, we, what we need to understand, what I'm aiming to understand. They want to attribute it just to some particular master planners who did this. And if you do that, one, you're not going to find the right people. Two, you're going to excuse all of the people that really did it. And you're not going to understand actually what happened so that we can try to inhibit and stop this kind of thing from happening again. Yeah, but... I'm going to once again go back to the chat because um, Harold here says, you see people moaning about the population being high all the time. It's not like it's a rarely held belief. Absolutely you do. But those people moan about it because from their point of view, and this is the point Mark's trying to make here, they think it would be best for the planet or for themselves or, or what they think is a good intention to enact some kind of depopulation. The people that talk about bringing the population down, they think they've got a good reason for doing it. And they yeah. think what they're saying, what they're doing is right. It's not, but they think that it is. Right. I don't even understand this. I mean, I, I do understand in some sense, but just when you ask them, do you really think there's someone walking around who says, Oh, I have this. Oh, today I've got this really not well-intentioned idea, and I'm really going to further this. You know, try to further this not well-intentioned idea. That's not. That's not how things work. And this is not a defense of them. I mean, and like, why are you defending them? Like, this is the only kind of evil that you can imagine. Someone walking around actually twiddling their mustache, saying, "I'm going to do something not well-intentioned today." You know, that's your model of the world. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. I I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to go back to. To, to Greg here in the chat, right? And and he says, I disagree. The Five Eyes in Israel have been undertaking extreme rendition and torture and the end of habeas corpus on the grounds of terrorism for decades now. Now, I don't understand what we've said that, that would make you disagree because we haven't because said that, that that's right. That for Sorry? No. What, what, no, Israel, and, and what Israel and America and the CIA... They think they are working to the best aims of their country. That's what they think. And they always we have. say that they are well-intentioned. It doesn't mean that they're right. We're no, all doing this. Well-intentioned and evil, right? The reason that it's evil is not because they're not well-intentioned. The reason that it's evil is because they their notion of the good is violating all of these principles yeah. of what is, in yeah. fact, good. That's the key. So and I listen to well, key principles, including civil liberties is number one, that you have to follow. Otherwise, you're engaged in evil and you can be perfectly well-intentioned. And that's not a defense. Right. I don't know. No, I mean, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. You know, I was just following orders was never a defense. And, and let's let's face it. This conversation has not been about and this is to the chat room has not been about us defending these people no. has not been about us well, defending it's, it. it's been about putting ourselves in their shoes and saying well why might or, 
they be doing these yeah, things? Take, and it comes back to, to the phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Because in their mind, not in our mind, because mm. we don't believe they're right. Um, nobody believes they're right. But in their minds, what they are doing or what they have done is for what they would consider the greater good. And, you know, the greater good is always an issue because nobody can ever agree on what the greater good might be. So, And, and, and unless you're a Jeffrey Dahmer type, you don't torture people. Um, uh, you just, you just, you, unless you're that kind of, you only can torture people because you righteously believe it's the right thing to do. It's because you have a fucked up notion of the good. Now, I want to disagree with you, by the way. When you say, and I never have understood exactly this, despite everything else I've been saying, um, I was following orders. I was just following orders. Look, a lot of people say that I was just following orders isn't a defense. I don't understand actually that point of view. A lot of times, it can be a bullshit defense because they really could have disagreed. But the stereotypical example is, of course, where you're a corporal, you know, you're a low-level, you know, uh, uh, military person, and literally you're following orders, or you will be hung, or, 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 or you know, you'll be shot. You'll be shot. So mm-hmm. if someone forces you to you do this bad thing, or you will die. I mean, you could choose. I'm not going to say that it's obvious that you should always do it. Maybe you should just die. But you know that someone else is going to do the same damn thing anyway. This is not a. This is you are coerced to do it, and standard, normal, everyday life intuitions are not clear that you should that that you are blamed. You're blamed because you were coerced to do something. So, to me, I, I, this is an aside, but I, I'm not sure why people have this really strong intuition that um, I was ordered. I was was how does the phrase? You know, someone ordered me yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that can be a defense, you know, you, you were threatened uh, or your family. I do, accept, I, do accept, I do accept your position. I do accept your position. Um, you're making a good point there. And I, I'm quite happy to step back because in that sort of extreme circumstance, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But most of these people weren't following orders. Um, they were actively going beyond the the orders that were given. They were themselves um, going out of their way to find their own ways to enforce and snitch and show allegiance to um, this new righteous COVID religion. Yeah, yeah. And, and effectively, it did become a religion, didn't it? Because it, it, yeah. it basically became a belief system. And, 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 the, and the same thing's happening with climate change because see as soon as you start using the word denier, to me, you've lost an argument because there should there should be perfect opportunity to deny something in science. Absolutely. Well, it's not becoming this way for. I mean, it's been like this since the nah, 1980s. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. And then, so the only and I, what scared me much more about COVID was it went from zero to 100 miles per hour overnight. Mm. You know, and so it, it, it was an, an attack on society and, and, and a totalitarian sort of attack overnight. This has been around for 50 years, this slow, but I don't think it ever has led to the kind of collective hysteria, kind of we have to do something today or yesterday. We've had to do it already and completely. So it's basically a terrible drain slowly on society be, between all these green laws and all this bullcrap. But it's something where, you know, hopefully we can still survive despite all this detritus, you know, that we're having to walk that's hanging from us because for all these stupid reasons. But it, it never became, you know, it was still a thousand times less dangerous than what we saw yeah. in March. Point. So so the thing that worries me is because because effectively we've allowed ourselves to be in the position that we have been over the last three years, are they just going to keep going down this route? 
Yeah, I, I don't have, I'm not, I, I see both we sides. You know, the one side is that now that, that we've done it, it's easier to do again. We have the precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I, I have all, you know, the counterintuitions that there's so many of us. I think certainly there was maybe only 5% of the population against this in March and April of 2020. I feel like it's, because then once it became polarized and left-right, by May of 2020, it was pretty polarized. And since then, it's definitely become super polarized. Now we've got, I think, 50% of the population that's just against it for typical left-right reasons. Not necessarily because they've even thought it through. They just are going to believe that their team that they're on. So I'm hoping now that it's, and you know, this is one of the advantages of having left-right bullcrap argument all the time because it's just it's a constant counterbalance to collective hysterias will typically fill up one side and not spill over to the other side or at least not for long and then it can bring some kind of balance and you know for years i complain it's like oh this polarization is just ridiculous you know i think it's actually a counterbalance the most dangerous time that i saw was in march 2020 when all sides mm. were yeah. completely 100 on board with lockdowns the only person people a couple people on twitter before i found anybody was a couple of capital c communists actually yeah. who were like Freeze the economy. This is crazy. This was they were they were yeah. not with the typical leftists. Like they communists are constantly have a chip on their shoulder with running economies because they know in their heart they can't do it, right? And so yeah. the last thing they do is freeze an economy. <laughs> They're barely able to get the thing functioning at all and feed anybody. So you know, so that was dangerous. Everybody was saying the same thing. But then once at least settles out into 50-50, you have some kind of natural pushback on crazy um, uh, collective hysteria ideas. So I'm now more in favor of wanting this weird polarization even to the extent that it's irrational it's sort of a buffer kind of like federalism is now a buffer against the spread of of kind of collective hysteria across these different microcultures from state to state in the united states federalism is something that the united states really i think is the only thing that i think worked structurally is federalism in the united states it allowed these different experiments to happen naturally not because of government but just each each nation each uh, state um, has its own little little cultures a little bit different over time, and now the yeah. number of people that have moved to Florida, Florida has grown like crazy mm-hmm. because people from these red states like New York and California all mm-hmm. have moved here. Not all, but tremendous immigration here on um, immigration from those places. What worries me about our country is this didn't happen here because we, although we had three effectively three different forms of government. We had the Tories in England, we had the SNP in Scotland, and we had the Labour in Wales, which, you know, one's left, one's right, and the other one's just mad. Right? <laughs> but the thing is, they all voted for the same things, and they all seemed to try and outdo each other with the amount of restrictions they, they were putting in. We didn't get, we haven't had this. Um, yeah, I mean, you still and you still see it, because we haven't had this left-right divide, because you still see plenty of people on the right that are still wanting to to continue with the lockdown route, to, to continue with the mask route. And, you know, we don't really have that left-right divide. Even in your marches, you didn't have that left-right divide because you, you had, like, what's his name? You had Piers, what's his name? Piers Corbyn. Yeah. He's a lefty. He's an old lefty. Yeah. Yep. And yet, yeah. the, yet you had right-wingers as well. I mean, see, we, we never had that divide in it. And the problem is, I think that's... it's diluted the effect in this country and that I think I think the majority of the country would still do that if they were told to yeah yeah I mean the, the, the fact that we're a two party effectively implicitly or, you know or structurally really a two party system 
I would never have thought of this as a potential reason for arguing its advantages prior to 2020. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think anybody would have thought of this necessarily. There's a lot of ways that I think about libertarianism as libertarian about structure of government and separation, you know, insulating the, the power. I, I, I've completely had to rethink. It's not about the dangers from the government doing shit to us, which is, of course, part of it, but it's much more. It's, it's the dangers about this, the collective hysteria suddenly coming up and then over it, it, Supreme Court, courts don't matter. It, courts don't finally get up and running and maybe start doing anything for a couple of years. And maybe they slowly start undoing all of the damage that's been done, but they're too slow. But none of the, the, the formal constraints matter because once all of these politicians, all of these uh, judges, they all have families and all of their families and all of their friends are all saying the same thing that we are all going to die unless you do this, right? And you're a morally um, terrible person unless you do this. It just spreads through those supposed insulated spots without any, you know, it just goes right through, right? The only, but again, federalism, state to state separation of powers, I think that it actually stopped, right? And, and it relied on different cultures, cultures, different uh, Oh, I think we, we might have lost Mark. Mm. Oh, he's been cut. Has he? Is he gone? Hey, no, no, he's back. You're back. Oh, you're not back. Oh, I think he's back. Are you coming back? Have we yes. had an issue? We've. It wouldn't be a tech. It wouldn't yeah. be an episode of Chasing Descent without some kind of technical issue. Are you back? He's back. <laughs> I, 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 I may be having wireless uh, issues here. Yeah. Anyway, federalism uh -huh. has been, uh, I think, shown to be one of the only things that I trust in uh, American democratic system here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm, I, I, under, I understand that, and. Um, and I think federalism oh. is showing itself in France at this very moment in time. Because you know yeah. Fra France is a federal republic as well, so I, I think um, I think there are maybe lessons to be learned here, and and I have been banging on about our system needing ripped out and replaced because I certainly don't trust the system that we've got in place in this country. I don't think it's doing any of us any favors, and I don't think it's uh, working I to agree. our benefits. And just a little plug there, while John mentioned France. Those of you that are watching, remember, May the 9th, I will be live from central Paris looking for some protests. So we're going to go and have a look over there. So don't forget to join us then. Anyway, John, continue. Yes, well, um, I was thinking that this is, pro I mean, it's not a very uplifting part, but I think um, we're probably getting near the end of this conversation. Um, Mark, is there anything you'd like to plug? Your glasses uh, or no, your no, substack no. or a new book, perhaps, <laughs> or anything? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, since I last talked to you, you know, Elon Musk uh, uncensored me, so I'm finally yes. back to... I'm me! I'm me! No, no. congratulations. Uh, that's me. great. So, <laughs> he, what, he, have you been still... Oh, yeah. He's still banned. I've got an account from 2009 that had something like 15,000 followers on it and still banned. Oh, from 2009? Mm -hmm. Oh, right. I was, yeah. I was well, only doors. Yeah, so I don't even know whether they have. Ac I mean, that's old school enough. They may not even have access to that. Who knows what's going on with that? That's all. The, the account's still there. I can still log into it. I just get told I can't. Oh, okay. it's just still banned. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, but, but, yeah, I, I, my, my book came out last year while I was under deep censorship from. In fact, you know, our our our, our uh, where our case we're the first 
First Amendment yep. case against the federal government. Yep. We are on repeat now. We have seven amicus briefs in our defense. Um, and so I'll let you know uh, how that appeal goes. But cool. during that censorship for two years, um, my sixth book came out. took 10. Oh, I think he's having trouble again. Oh, uh, he's back. Again. Can you hear me now? Anyway. Yep. Uh, the book was severely hampered because if you can't mention your book or plug your book or do anything to promote it, it's effectively dead. So expressly human, it's on the foundations of free expression, and it was censored. For, uh, expressly human, uh, decoding the language of emotion, but it's about the origins of emotional expressions, why we have them, and how it's crucial for understanding free expression itself. And okay. uh, if you're not already, uh, if you are on Twitter, uh, go and follow Mark. It's his name, at Mark Changizi. Make sure you follow him there, and there'll be links to everything, including his Substack yeah. yeah. and other things he's doing over there. Um, um, John? Yeah, well, I, I'd like to thank you, Mark, because this has been quite an illuminating conversation. Um, you've certainly given me food for thought. Um, me too. It's, uh, and it's a, different, it's a different way of looking at things. Um I think both Ben and I have been going through this. Not everything is a conspiracy phase at the moment, which maybe upsets some of the people in the troll room. But, you know, not everything is a conspiracy. Um, while conspiracies, I have no doubt, do exist and do come true, and many of them have actually been found yep. out over the last three or four years, not not everything is. Uh, and I think what the, um, the, the way that you've explained how society works with regard to to doing evil without individuals thinking that they're actually doing it. Um, that explains a lot a lot that went on in the last three years in my mind, certainly. Well, well it was a pleasure being here. Oh, sorry, go on. I've got someone in the chat asking if at some point would you come back and talk about AI, please? Mm. Happy to. I've got in my Science Moment series on YouTube uh, and Rumble, I've got four... Uh, sort of chat GPT kinds of uh, uh, mm -hmm. topics going to come out in the next week or two, and I plan on doing more uh, uh, later. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested so we'll, in that as we well. We will certainly book that in. I have, I have strong views on AI, or, or the lack of it. I think AI is an oxymoron <laughs> personified. Well, Mark couldn't be here today, so that's why this, this avatar... Uh, uh, <laughs> that's, what the that's what the glitches are. It went so well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I think uh, that's been great conversation, Mark, and I thank you very much for taking the time out to come back on the show um, you're obviously more than welcome to come on at any time um, we really appreciate your insights yep and it's been great it's been great for me has it been great for you Ben? it's been great for me it's, it's been has it been great for you Mark? <laughs> it has been uh, <laughs> okay. so with that I'd like to thank everyone that attended this Chasing Descent live episode with Dr. Mark Changizi live from Miami it's been great for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs>
up and now, yeah Make all the demons quiet, yeah We were built to thrive, yeah I think that we've all had enough What keeps you up and now, yeah Make all the demons quiet, yeah We were built to thrive, yeah